Is it logical to believe in spontaneous generation of life or that life came from a divine life giver? Could non-living matter simply spring to life? Is that even possible? In time, as a result of the Big Bang, the fact is that life spontaneously began in the universe and ultimately evolved on the earth to what we see today. Cindy. Yes, Professor Jones? You seemed to have a problem with the lecture I gave. Yes, I did. Such as? You finished your lecture by claiming life began spontaneously. Yes. Have you or anyone else actually seen non-living matter become alive? No. This has never been observed, but we believe this happened over a billion years ago. Do you believe in God? No. As I have said to you before, God is the figment of ignorant human imagination. Scientists believe in things we can prove. Are you familiar with the law of biogenesis? Yes. So what's your point? The law of biogenesis was long accepted by scientists, yet you say that the prevailing view of scientists is that life sp spontaneously sprang forth and then evolved. That's because that statement is true. That's our current hypothesis. Perhaps those who claim to be scientists now believe that, but is that scientific? What do you mean? Since you have admitted that spontaneous generation of life has never been observed, that that goes against the scientific criteria of observation and re repeatability. Uh, yes, but we hope to get evidence of this. But I would contend that the view is impossible. Therefore, it is not scientific to believe in it. Now, Charles Darwin is generally credited, credited with the development of the theory of evolution that many scientists now hold to, correct? Yes. But notice what he taught. If it could be demonstrated that any complex organ existed, which could not possibly have been formed by numerous successive slight modifications, my theory would absolutely break down. When Charles Darwin wrote this, scientists did not realize the complexity of the cell and the need for dioxyribonucleic acid, otherwise known as DNA. Then DNA was discovered about 10 years later. Its complexity and involvement with the cell demonstrates that the cell was not possibly formed by numerous successive slight modifications. So in the second and subsequent editions of his Origin of Species book, Darwin wrote, There's a grandeur in this view of life, with its several powers, having been originally breathed by the Creator into a few forms or into one. And that seems very similar to what the Bible teaches. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Well, today we scientists do not believe that. That is too bad. But cannot we consider some facts of life? Such as? Bear with me a moment. Consider a laptop computer. Do you believe that someone designed and made this, or that it somehow possibly just appeared with both hardware and software? No. Obviously, someone made it. But physical life is more complicated than a laptop computer. Notice something from the book, is God's existence logical? There are basically two types of cells, prokaryotes and eukaryotes. They both have membranes, ribosomes, digestibilities, and DNA-containing nucleoids. They both have membranes, ribosomes, organelles of digestion, and DNA-containing nuclei. Eukaryotes contain 21 amino acids, and they all need to be in the right places and in the right proportions for life to exist. Spontaneous generation 
basically teaches that a bunch of amino acids lined up in a particular order and somehow became alive. That's impossible. But even if that could have happened, life would have had to die. Why? Let's again look at something in the book, Is God's Existence Logical? About some facts of life. If all the necessary amino acids were to align, as improbable as that would be, it will not become alive. So that step is impossible. Two, if this amino acid cell were to somehow become alive, it would die. Why? Because cells contain intracellular water-soluble components, and it's a fact of physics that water-soluble components will dissipate slash destruct without a membrane. Thus, going beyond this step is impossible. Three, if this cell did have a membrane, what would happen next? It would die. Why? Because it needs organelles to survive. Four, even if it had some organelles, it would not have had the innate ability to deduce that it needed to eat as it did not form with a nucleus or nucleoid. The nucleus slash nucleoid is the part of the cell that contains DNA and other instructions, and it would not have randomly had DNA. Five, presuming the primitive amino acid cell is in liquid and it runs into food, what will happen? Yes, it will die. Why? Because it was not randomly formed with digestive ability. It will not be able to digest and utilize the food. Thus, going beyond this step is impossible. Six, presuming it was randomly formed with a nucleus and digestive abilities, what will happen? It will die out. Why? Because it would also have had to be randomly formed with the instructions that it needed to be able to reproduce, as well as the ability to do so. Evolution as the origin of life is not just improbable. It is impossible. Each of those things are impossible to happen spontaneously. And even if only one of those were impossible, life would have stopped existing. Well, related to the book's fourth point, it overlooks the RNA first hypothesis that says reproductive life originated in a realm that's much less complex than DNA. There are many problems with that RNA option. First, the RNA molecule would need information to function, just as DNA would. And so we're right back to the same problem. How could that have randomly appeared with the right information? Consider also, for a single strain of RNA to repl replicate, there must be an identical RNA molecule close by. Let's consider some statements from Dr. Stephen Meyer. To have a reasonable chance of having two identical RNA molecules of the right length would require a library of 10 billion, 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 billion RNA molecules. That effectively rules out any chance origin of a primitive replicating system. RNA world advocates offer no plausible explanation for how primitive cell-replicating RNA molecules might have evolved into modern cells that rely on a variety of proteins to process genetic information and regulate metabolism. Maybe RNA first advocates will in time get an explanation. While logic does not seem to support their position, you are hoping to come up with a possible explanation of something that is impossible. We believe that life spring up spontaneously. But that is not logical. That is, that is a myth that many people seem to want to believe. But there are no facts that support it. Well, there are no facts that support God. Actually, there are more facts to support God than the impossible view that life spontaneously sprang up. The fact that we have matter is one, since it could not have existed eternally. The fact that physical life is another, as it not existed eternally. Furthermore, since according to the law of biogenesis, life only comes from life, something like an eternal spirit being creator must have started it. The fact that attempts to claim life began spontaneously are based on impossibilities 
means that only a view that a life giver began it makes sense. We also have historical records, including first-hand accounts dating back thousands of years from people that they had contact with God. We also have historical records of interventions that God made. You mean like from the Bible? Yes. But those are just stories. Not really. For example, the Bible has various prophecies that were fulfilled centuries after they were written. For example, Daniel the prophet wrote around 600 BC that a Persian king would stir up the Greeks under a mighty ruler. The Greeks would establish an empire. And that empire would split up into four kingdoms. Almost three centuries later, in 334 BC, Alexander the Great began his conquest of Persia and basically finished it in 330 BC. Alexander himself died in 323 BC. His empire was later divided into four pieces. God had Isaiah record that a successful leader named Cyrus would rise up and help the Jews build the temple. And about 150 years later, that happened. These are historical facts. There are also over 200 of fulfilled prophecies related to Jesus. Details are in the free online book, Proof Jesus Was the Messiah. As far as Jesus goes, he himself foretold that many false leaders would rise up and claim him. And that certainly has happened throughout history. Jesus also said people would claim to prophecy and cast out demons in his name. And that certainly has happened. How many others in history have made such bold claims about themselves and had them repeatedly confirmed for centuries later? Additionally, there are biblical prophecies which have been fulfilled by other historical figures, plus more biblical prophecies will be fulfilled in the future. The same God of the Bible that said he made everything said in the book of Isaiah he could make statements about the future and make them come to pass. Fulfilled prophecies demonstrate that these were not simply made-up stories, but are factually reliable. Nonsense. I won't believe it. Scientists should not overlook facts, nor should scientists believe impossible myths. And when it comes to the origin of life, believing in spontaneous generation is impossible. Have you heard of Nobel Prize winner Dr. George Wald? Yes. He admitted that spontaneous generation was impossible. The reasonable view was to believe in spontaneous generation, life from nothing. The only alternative, to believe in a single primary act of supernatural creation. There is no third position. One only has to contemplate the magnitude of this task to concede that spontaneous generation of a living organism is impossible. Yet here we are, as a result, I believe, of spontaneous generation. He chose to believe the impossible. That is not scientific. We scientists never saw God make anything. Yes, but scientists never saw spontaneous generation either. Yet you believe, despite the biological facts that show this was impossible. If I go around teaching that God started life, my standing within the scientific community would be trashed. That type of thing was documented in a film Ben Stein was titled in, Expelled No Intelligence Allowed. Ben Stein found that professors sometimes lost their jobs or were denied tenure if they did not accept various aspects of the evolutionary explanation. Stifling critics of unproven and impossible theories shouldn't be part of academia. But sadly, it is. I'm not doing that. Well, you are going along with the system that is doing that. You are teaching something that is 
and often repeated musing of scientists as a fact. You are unwilling to accept facts that dispute evolutionary myths. Plus, you are clinging to an explanation of the beginning of life that is impossible. True science and the Bible condemn that kind of reasoning. The Apostle Paul taught, Because of that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. We are not fools, we believe in science. Throughout history, people have called things scientific that were not. Even back in New Testament times, there were those who called aeroscience, aeroscience, which is what evolutionary model as an explanation of the origin of life and the origin of universe is. Notice something that the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so called, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Remember that I told you that Richard Muller, professor of physics at the University of California in Berkeley, said to not confuse the musings of scientists with science. Spontaneous generation is a musing of science. It is not scientific. Since the scientists do not have proof about what happened with their no-God spontaneous generation theory, but instead should know it is impossible. Its foundation is not scientific. Yet people like you, Dr. Jones, act like it is. Students should not be accepted to believe impossible musings of people who claim to be scientists. This is a misinterpretation, a corruption of science. Yes, I remember Dr. Muller, but we have fossils. Yes, but fossils do not prove spontaneous generation, nor do they prove that species evolved into different species. Furthermore, there is a history of so-called scientists faking evolutionary evidence to support their views. But that is besides the point. The main point is that life could not have formed and continued without a creator and life giver. The only logical explanation of why life formed, continued, and has been sustained is because an intelligent power designed and gave life to it. That is what the Bible teaches. Do not be intimidated by those who claim absurd and impossible musings as science. Just because someone is educated and claims to be a scientist does not mean that what they believe is necessarily true or scientific. Life did not spontaneously spring forth. That is impossible. For more information on science and the origin of the universe and life, check out our free online book, Is God's Existence Logical? It is available at www.ccog.org under the literature tab.